Welcome to the Getting Real with Hillary show, where ordinary heroes tell extraordinary stories during unique and never-been-heard-before conversations with your host, Hillary Arno Burns. Hillary's unique listening and way of asking questions results in conversations that aren't usually talked about, so you can create the life that you really want but are afraid you can't really have. We are demonstrating the greatness in the human spirit and creating a world where we all reclaim our birthright of joy, happiness, purpose, and passion. Now, here's your host, Hilary Arno Burns. Welcome to the Getting Real with Hillary show. And today we have a very special guest, Avdi Dhruv. And Avdi is the author of this book, Inner Genius, Outer Guru. And uh, not only have I read the book, but I've worked with Avdi. Um, she is a spiritual business coach and author who helps entrepreneurs reconnect with their own magnificence. After a successful corporate career in engineering and management, Abdi founded the brand Abdi.guru, which brings a holistic approach to businesses. She helps heart-centered entrepreneurs create financial abundance and inner fulfillment while making a positive impact in the world. Abdi resides in San Diego, California. Now, not only have I read her book, but I've also worked with her, and I'll tell you what, her heart-centered, spiritual, you know, bent is is the real thing. So I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. I, my life has been just with a couple of uh, sessions with her. I'm a new person. So I can't wait for you to hear what she does. Welcome, Abdi. Hello, and thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here with you today, sharing this conversation. You're welcome. All right. Well, now the first question I want to ask you, Abdi grew up in India, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Yes, I did. And the thing that I can't, I've been dying to ask her about is she went to, do you know what I'm going to ask you? The Gurukulam. Yes, she went, well, well, I'm calling it guru school. She actually went to guru school. And how, can you just tell us about how that happened, how old you were? And, and I mean, I never, I never knew that it existed. Um, I mean, how does that happen? So go ahead, I'll be quiet and you tell the story. (laughs) Yes, yes, sir. It, it was a very interesting way that it happened. Um, So just a little history about India. I was born in Mumbai, India, and um, I grew up in India. And back in ancient India, the the normal education system was full of the Gurukulam, the guru schools. That was the schooling in India for for many many years for de- yeah for a long time ever since ancient india existed and that was the foundation of the society and the like the abundance that india was called like the golden uh, sparrow um it's what attracted the british and spanish and explorers back in the days to go and find india the spices and all the exotic 
um, wealth that existed in India at the time attracted a lot of uh, people from all over the world. And when British colonized India, they the first thing they did is destroyed the Gurukulam system, the education system that was the foundation of India's um, abundant uh, wealth and culture. Now, my mom did a, a yoga and meditation course when I was much younger with a guru in India, and he founded, he, his vision was to start, restart that Gurukulam system in India, in the education world. And so he founded this school in southern part of India called the Gurukulam, the Guru School. And my mom, since she had done his course on yoga meditation, found out about him starting this school. So I was in fifth grade when she found out about this school and she took it, um, took the initiative to talk to our family to see if I could be sent to that school. It was a residential school, so I'd have to go far away from my home and live there by myself with the other children at the school. And I loved the idea and I loved the school, but my grandfather wasn't, um, or the rest of the family weren't um, okay with it. They were like, why would you send your child so far away to a school that so there was a lot of resistance from the family and my mom stood her ground and with like um satyagraha they call it the gandhi uh, or martin luther king way like standing for a possibility but not from violence and complaining and negativity but from a place of possibility and standing for it and believing in it she stood with it for a year or two years and then ultimately the family and my grandfather came around and everyone agreed to let me go to that school it's made all the difference and it was an entrepreneurially minded school for holistic education for children, not just the academic, but also all the extracurriculars, plus leadership development for children, spiritual practices as a regular part of everyday routine, healthy food habits, sports, uh, martial arts, culture, um, and um, yeah, the, the developing the mindset of a, being a leader, a world leader versus being a follower and just doing what following what the crowd is doing and not really knowing what else is out there. So that educational background, um, that's how it came about. And um, I think that's made a huge difference in my, the rest of my life after that. Okay, two questions. Yes. Was it, I mean, this guy, this yoga guy, I mean, obviously, the, so the British destroyed it, and then he started it again. Mm-hmm. Was what he did what the British had done, do you think? Was that how it always was before the British destroyed it, or do you think he created his own? Uh, I think he created his own version of it, but okay. he 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 was a rishi, a rishi in uh, India means a researcher and a scientist. So he did his own um, research and um, from that he created 
his own version of it, but he took the base from how the ancient Indian culture used to do it. So, so yeah, it's with that base, his own uh, version of it. Wow. It's so cool. Right. So that was one question. And the second is, what do you think, um, I mean, you're a little kid. I mean, I can't imagine the maturity that would you would have had to have, you know, most kids are playing on the playground and learning, you know, the alphabet, but you're learning entrepreneurship, leadership, spiritual, you know, what, I mean, was that weird or it was just normal well, for you? Like, well, like now I understand that that was all of those things at the time. Okay. The way he created the school was this was the simple um, basis. At the, as they said, it's like this is a school where um, work is play and play is work, or like study is play and play is study. So everything was designed in a way that um, I like as a kid, I felt like we were just playing games, like everything mm-hmm. was very playful. There wasn't any stress of even examinations or you must do any stress related to things. It wasn't like fierce competition. No, everything was very um, from a playful and joyful place. So even though I was learning about entrepreneurship or leadership or whatever, it didn't feel to me like a serious thing. It was all play. And I didn't know at the time as clearly as I see it now, what I was actually learning at the time. So, okay. wow. And he it was like, like a genius, you know what I mean? To have done the research and put this together. Yes. All those aspects and you felt like you were playing. I mean, that's incredible, right? We should yes. bottle that. We need to that's bottle that cool. and bring it over here, yeah. right? Well, one of my long-term pieces of my long-term vision is to um, create a school like that here in the U.S. Mm. We're going there. I I already have a vision in mind to create something like that. And, um, yeah, create that kind of a playful, joyful environment for children to grow Mm. up with. That would, yeah, what a difference would that make? I'm going to cry. Okay. Don't get me going. Don't get me going. Then my nose runs. Okay. Wow. That is, it's, that's so cool. Yeah. I, I just couldn't wait to ask you about that. So, so for you, you're just a kid, but look at what you learned. Okay. So, so after the guru school, then like how many years was that? Was that? I, from sixth grade to 10th grade, I completed my 10th grade. So that was four years. Okay. And you were away from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd come home in like um, vacations. I'd have some days off during vacations, so I'd come home. But I I loved it so much. I couldn't. I loved coming home to see my parents, but then I I would look forward to going back um, because I just loved it there so much. Wow! And then after tenth grade, what happened? So this, that school was at the time only up to 10th grade. So after I graduated from 10th grade, um, my parents actually at the time moved from India to the U.S. for business. So my family's owned a business that was primarily operating from India until that point, And now they were expanding into the North Americas. 
So my dad used to travel a lot to US, Canada, and he would just do trips and come back to India. But now he had to like, we had demand from customers that required him to stay in the US on this time zone. So my parents were, it was about time for them to permanently move to the US. And they, and since I was in middle of changing schools anyway, they asked me if I would want to move to the US. I did. I was like, sure. Okay, I'll go with you. I didn't know what all it would entail. But I moved to the US and I was I was in high school from in 11th and 12th grade in um, Georgia. Georgia. Yes, it's where the business was uh, is based. So, and what kind of business was it? What what was the business um, again? The family business still exists. It's uh, it's wholesale distribution of rubber technical products. So, rubber gaskets that seal pipes and um, pipe fittings. It's an industrial application, and okay. so the manufacturing is done by my family back in India. We have a manufacturing plant and then the distribution all over the world. And we have a warehouse in US that um, everything gets stored at and then orders get processed. And I'm a partner in the family business now uh, as well. So, so is it still in Georgia? Are your parents still in Georgia? The business is still based in Georgia and the warehouse is in Georgia. My parents lived in Georgia for 15 to 18 years since we moved. But just this year, the last year, they sold their house there and they've moved permanently to California here where where I am. So so they are just about 10, 15 minutes from my home now here in San Diego. That's nice. Yes. Wow. Wow. What a thing. So that's kind of a special niche, right? (laughs) The rubber fittings. Yes. It's a very, yeah, there's only like two or three like companies worldwide that really make the kind of rubber technical products that my my family business makes. So it is a very special niche, niche and I've learned so growing up, just my grandfather has been a serial entrepreneur. He became an entrepreneur by um, by necessity. His father passed away when he was really young. And so my grandfather had like two brothers and five sisters. And he's the oldest, his eldest of all the siblings. And their father, who was the primary breadwinner at the time, passed away very unexpectedly leaving the whole family to fend for themselves and so my grandfather so this, was your, this was your grandfather your grandfather yeah. was the first of all these kids and his father died right? yeah. okay. yes okay. yes wow. so so my grandfather um he had just finished his like 10th grade at the time so he had, he but he didn't have time to like go to college or look for a job or anything and he just had to start working and so he started um whatever work he could get and then he started a couple of businesses and then one after another and so he turned into a serial entrepreneur and he um some of the things failed and some succeeded and then he has built the empire that is the family's business now 
And so he was the founder. And then my father's generation is the second generation. And then I'm the third generation. And so I grew up seeing my grandfather, my dad being a business, being business owners um, all my life. So I grew up around business and how that all works internationally, even just um, like without really going to business school necessarily. Um, but like seeing the insides of a of a big uh, global brand and a business that um, is now multi seven figure, um, and yeah, I actually never thought that I would become an entrepreneur. Uh, I went to engineering school. Um, and I did industrial and systems engineering at Georgia Tech after high school in Georgia. And then I went to working at in the corporate world uh, in a leadership development program that was an accelerated program at Caterpillar. So I became an engineer and then a manager, a section manager in that program, through that program. So I um, I wasn't on the path to become an entrepreneur, but I grew up in a business family, right. so I knew a lot about it. Right. Um, I have two. I have two questions. How did your your grandfather, and we'll get back to George Tech, how did he, I mean, I know he did a lot of different businesses. How did he come across that, you know, rubber technical peat? Like, did he invent it or did someone give it to him? I mean, it's so, it's so, so random, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. And it's so interesting because he wasn't, he, did, he didn't know anything about rubber. Like, he didn't know anything about rubber. Not, nobody in my family did. He, um, he was in the, he did a few other businesses that like didn't work. And mm -hmm. then he, um, came across the idea of someone, um, in his network told him about leaf springs, um, the springs that go into automobiles, the trucks, mm -hmm. um, for, um, the suspension, it's a suspension part. Okay. So he started the business for that. And he uh, laid a plant, a manufacturing factory for that. And then he started doing some sales activity, talking to customers for that. While he was um, meeting a customer for that, that customer knew someone who, like th that customer really developed trust in my grandfather at the time. And he's like, you know, I can trust you. And so someone he knew needed the rubber uh, gasket the rubber parts that and he needed someone to make them someone who could who he could trust and so oh. they so this custom potential customer came to my grandfather and said can you make this and he's like I don't know anything about rubber but he's like yeah but you're the I can trust you I feel like you'll you know, you'll do what you say. And I, I need someone who can, I, I can trust. Can you um, see if you can make it? And so he got an order inquiry like that. And then he's like, okay, let me see what I can do. And then he started to, and then he's like, okay, let's see. And then he started, he did it for that one person. And then before, and then he realized there's a lot more demand. And then he turned in, that other factory that was supposed to be the leaf spring factory into the rubber products. Oh, wow. 
And it's grown so much after that. And they um, didn't know anything about rubber. So really had to hire people and learn along the way. But uh, my family's gotten um, really, really niche down in it now. But the opportunity came to him because he had yeah. a reputation of someone people could trust. And it's such a great story because, you know, you're doing the right thing. You don't, you know, you think you're going this way, but then something else comes up and he was smart enough to take the opportunity. Isn't that great? And look what happened. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so and you I'm think a, it's going one way. He obviously wasn't attached. So he yeah. pivot. It's really yes. cool. Yes. Know? And that's what I learn yeah. too that um never to be attached to a particular you know specific type of business or specific product or service those are all you know changeable but the um, path will reveal itself as we go along and things come along so yeah wow yeah. okay all right so all right back to your high school now you went to, <laughs> I can only imagine, <laughs> you're this little girl who went to guru school from 6th to 10th, right? All of a sudden, you're thrown into high school in Georgia, of all places. Not Nothing against the Southerners, but it's different. I mean, we're Northern, you know, whatever. I think my, my sister went to, where'd she go? Vanderbilt. And she had culture shock. But she was from America. You know, she was just from the North to the South. I can't imagine what was that like for a little sweet Indian girl going to Georgia for high school? <laughs> you got it. Um, I mean, it was a huge, huge culture shock. I uh, Coming from the academic level that I was uh, used to in India, the academic part was like super easy for me in my high school. I was in the advanced like AP classes and all of that. Like that was all, uh, the school part was good, grades and everything was great. And I was great with like the teachers and that like all of that was great. But making friends, like understanding the culture. I knew English, but in India, we have an, a British accent, a different accent of English. So the American accent and the cultural references, people would talk about football, footballs, like soccer in India, like it's just, everything was different culturally. And it was a huge culture shock for me. I had like maybe one friend, I had people I did like were uh, school projects with in school, but outside of that, I had maybe one friend that I would like have lunch with or anything. In 11th grade. And then 12th, okay. I had a few more. I got more acclimated. But yeah, those two years of high school have been my worst, like, um, in terms of friendship and just feeling like I was part of the social. Well, I, I was a misfit, basically, um, in the social. I mean, were you sad? Like, did you complain to your parents or did you just, like, I, get through it? I I was sad. Um, the other part was that the the friends I had in India from the Gurukulam school, we we lived together for four mm. years. Like we were always together. It's not just like school friends. They were my family, my my like best friends that I had such a deep bond with. And now I, I was so far away from them and the time zone, the day and night, it's day, it's night over here when it's day in India. 
So initially, I would stay up all night, like talking to my friends in India in their daytime. And I just I would miss them so much. But after a while, the day and night got to me and my parents said, you're here now, like you should try to at least spend some time with new people and make some new friends here. So I understood where they were coming from, but I had a hard time with that. So I got really lonely uh, in that mm. time because I, I had the loss of my friends I really loved and not fitting into the new um, culture as well. Mm. Um, I also am vegetarian and have been vegetarian all my life. I hadn't seen um, meat, like what it even looks like all my life until I came to the U.S. in high school. I didn't know what meat looks like. And then I saw people in my high school like having lunch and I'm just like, I could not like I, I no judgment to anyone else, but I wasn't used to seeing seeing people eat um you know meat. So so all of those different things played a part in the culture shock and the wow. yeah, that phase. Um I actually lost a lot of my confidence in those years. I mm. felt really lost. Mm. Yeah, I can only imagine. I can't. Well, I can't really imagine. Okay, so you so you got through high school and then you went to Georgia Tech. Was that like? Did you get your confidence back? Did you feel more like you belonged because everybody was new, or was it still hard once you got there? It was a little different than high school. There was a lot um, more um, diversity in the students. There were a lot of a lot more students that were from India in college. So now there were like two different groups. There was like the Indians who were born in U.S. and had grown up in U.S. So they're from India, but not really like they're kind of a mix. And then there were Indians who were from India who came directly to U.S. for college. Oh, So there's these two wider range groups. And I wasn't I wasn't so. So there were more Indians around me, but I still didn't fit into either of those because I I had been here for high school, so I was right. directly from India, but I had, I wasn't born here, so so I wouldn't I still didn't. So yes, some of my confidence does did rise during my college years, and I had more friends, so to speak. But the deep friendship that I shared with my school friend in India in the Gurukulam, nothing yeah. came close to that. Nothing came close oh. to that. And I I think externally I exuded confidence, but internally I still felt lost and just like like I don't fit in. I don't belong. Mm-hmm. And um I became a lot more introverted than I've always been introverted, but um, I became a lot more um, during college. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, All of that did um, contribute to, like, relationships and, like, relationship trouble in those years. And actually, my mom told me about the Landmark Forum at the time. And that's when I went to do the landmark forum after uh, towards the end of my uh, college years. Um, 
to yeah and and at the time yeah i would have never imagined that i would be speaking up in in a, any room or in front of um and not any kind of an audience um because i was just i was very shy and i thought that's just how who i am but that's not who i was back when i was younger so i'd um I just um, developed these beliefs that I'm just shy and introverted and I'm not confident and something's wrong with me and I'm broken and can't be fixed. And that's just how it is. And none of that was true, but um, I had to, I had to go through a whole personal development, soul searching and spiritual alignment journey to regain my confidence and really connect with reconnect with who I truly am and mm-hmm. what uh, what I'm here to bring in the world and who I'm here to yeah. really be. Right. And so it's, that is the journey after that point. Right. Okay. Well, you know what, we're going to go um, on our commercial break and then I want to find out more about your journey afterwards and what you offer for people, because I know you take people on that same journey and they get back to who they are as well. So, all right. So we're going to go, go to the commercial break and we'll be back with Abdi Dhruv. Has social-emotional learning become just one more thing on your teacher's plates? Do teachers and students both find it boring and ineffective? Then bring Kikori to your school. Kikori transforms classrooms through experiential SEL activities that help students play, reflect, connect, and grow. Even better, students say it's more fun than recess. Schedule a no-obligation conversation at kikoriapp.com slash bringkikori. K-I-K-O-R-I. Do you ever feel like you can't say what you really want to say? Or that you're stuck or in a holding pattern in your relationships, career, personal life, or finances? Are there things you want in life that you've given up on? Are you resigned that this is as good as it's going to get? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then Hillary Burns, host of the Getting Real with Hillary show, has the solution you need. Hillary is a published author of three books and has a program called The Getting Real Process. This process frees you from what is holding you back, allowing you to create a life you love. Don't believe it? It is hard to believe that it could work, isn't it? The proof is that hundreds of Hillary's clients have used The Getting Real Process and are now free to create whatever they want in relationships, career, finances, enjoying life, or just loving themselves more. So go to realtalkwithhillary.com and order Hillary's book, Real Talk, and set up a conversation. So welcome back to the Getting Real with Hillary show after our commercial break. And thanks, as always, to our sponsor, KikoriApp.com. If you'd like to bring social, no, experimental, 
experiential social emotional learning to children, please go to kokoriapp.com and schedule time to talk to people. You can ask for Haley, my daughter. She's the best. Okay. And also, if you haven't subscribed to my newsletter, please go to gettingrealwithhillary.com. You can sign up for the newsletter. Follow us on our YouTube channel because together we can all grow. And that's also YouTube Getting Real with Hillary. All right. Back to the rest of the story with Abdi Dhruv. I can't wait to hear it. Here she comes back. Hello. Hello. All right. So besides, so you did the Landmark Forum. And then what was the rest of your journey? I know you had graduated from engineering. You got a great job. That's fine. But I'm more interested in the other stuff. So (laughs) one question I have, and I don't want to waste too much time, but like, obviously you were from the entrepreneurial family and you went to this curriculum and, you know, you had all this spiritual and entrepreneurship, like, like what made you go engineering corporate just, you know, real quick, just, or is just what, what there was to do? Yes. So now when I say it with so much clarity and conviction that, you know, I had this background and basis, um, you won't believe I didn't have that clarity when I was deciding what to go for in college. And my father is a mechanic. He went to college for mechanical engineering. So I knew my dad is an engineer and then he's been in business for all these years. And um, I just uh, decided to follow my dad's footsteps and become an engineer myself as well. So that's one. Yeah. So that's not too far-fetched because that's what your dad did, right? Yeah. So I just like, that's what my dad did. Um, My dad. So my dad's an engineer. So I'm like, I'll go do engineering too. And Georgia Tech was right there. And it's a great engineering school. It's actually ranked nations number one in industrial and systems engineering, which is the major I uh, chose for my bachelor's. And my dad's all, all his life, he's been a business owner that I never thought I'd be that. I actually was really always afraid of sales mm. and like, all of the customer stuff that he used to do, uh, go meet customers. And I just, I don't know why, but I had this belief that I'm, I could never do that. And so it's interesting that I thought I can do engineering, but I'm not ever going to do business because that would require sales, involve sales. So that's where after engineering, uh, but I always want, I'm the kind of person who, if you gave me the same thing to do every day, I'd get bored very quickly. So I need something new. I need, um, I need to be able to grow and um, learn something new every day and do something new uh, over time. So I knew right after college, if I got a regular job where it was the same thing over and over, that would not be my thing. So, so I looked for a de- growth and development leadership program that was an accelerated program that Caterpillar Inc. offered. GE was General Electric's one of the companies I um, did a lot of uh, internships with as well when I was in college. So they had a program like that. And so did Caterpillar. So I interviewed with both and went with Caterpillar. 
But I got into the corporate world that way because I thought I can use my degree and I will continue to grow and learn and be on the accelerated path to being a manager and whatever next steps uh, there are. So that's how I went that route. Okay. So then, so, so you had done the landmark forum, you're working in your corporate job, and then you said you went on this path. What else did you do um, that brought you back to your spiritual roots? (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I was working in my job and I started having these thoughts pop up in my mind that said, okay, you know, have this job and everything, but what is my purpose in life? And like, what am I really here to do? And how come nobody here, like the people I work with or my boss or um, anyone around me, like how come nobody's talking about purpose and what what is like, what is my life purpose? And there was just this curiosity that started to get bigger and bigger. And my husband, well, we weren't married at the time, but I met him. He was my boyfriend at the time. He's my husband now. He gave me this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. At the time, so in I have been a book lover all my life. Ever since I was little, my mom would get me so many storybooks and novels and mystery novels, and I'd read them. And if you gave me a book, you wouldn't know I was in the room. I was lost in the book, and I wouldn't need anyone. So I've been a book lover all my life, but I always loved reading stories and like novels and fiction, basically. I didn't really read nonfiction before. So So my husband, well, my boyfriend at the time gave me this book and I asked him, is it fiction or nonfiction? He said, this one is nonfiction, but it's really good. It's a story of these, this guy with two dads and he should read it. I read that book in one day. I finished the whole book and I was so inspired. And and that's what, um, like I got this clarity that I want to be an entrepreneur because what I really want in life is freedom versus like security and safety that is like associated with like a regular job. And so that got me um, to open up to this world of entrepreneurship. Um, I didn't connect the dots with my schooling and all of the other things yet. But this is just for me to discover this is what I really want in life. And my job started to feel to me like golden handcuffs now. Mm-hmm. Like it was something I had to go to and I didn't have the freedom that I really craved. At the same time, I had these thoughts of what is my life's purpose? What What is going to really give meaning to the work I'm doing and what I'm here to create? And I didn't have the answer, but the question kept bothering me. So I started with Googling how to figure out your life purpose. And um, that led me to lots of um, books. So I started reading lots of nonfiction books now. And then I found out more about the authors and then some of the authors I came across this book, The The Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker, uh, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker. 
And then I found out he had a workshop. And so I went to the workshop. And then I got introduced to the personal development world here in the US that I had no idea existed before. And then so that's where I started to attend a lot of these personal development events other than Landmark, which I'd done the forum before. So I had Mm -hmm. those, but outside of that other, so books and videos and all of these became my friends. And then, um, and this was while you were still working, right? You were still working as your, this was right. So this was right at the end of in 2014 when I was still working, but then I, decided to resign I I got to a point where I'm like okay I'm very clear I want to be an entrepreneur I'm gonna do my thing and this job isn't for me and so I wrote my resignation letter and I resigned from that corporate not only the job but also I decided that I am completing the chapter of being the employee and I'm starting the next phase of be, becoming the employer, an employer entrepreneur who creates jobs for, in the economy and and helps other people also empower um, their teams and create more employment in the world. So more opportunity. So that was a big change. And then the rest of what I said was all in the beginning part of my entrepreneurial journey that I was learning and exploring um, that I called my soul searching journey. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Okay. So let's see, we have about, I would say 15 minutes left. We definitely want to get to what you're doing now. Um, I, yeah. know have, I know you have that amazing story after two years. Where do you want to go now so people can get the real feeling of what you do? I mean, there's so much we could talk about, but we can always do another one. So, what, what uh, well, so um, a lot, a lot of what um, happened after after I resigned from my corporate job and made that change is in the chapters of my book. And um, a lot of those stories, it's a, there's chapter two and also the rest of the chapters have the different stories sprinkled okay. in them. So um, yeah, anyone who's interested in those stories in a way that, you know, can help, themselves as well is um, welcome to get a copy of my book and read it. Or um, I have like video versions of the chapters as well um, that it can share about. So um, that is an option. Yeah. We'll put the links of where to get the book. Um, It's yeah. We'll do that later. And it'll also be in the description and the show notes. So Yes, there's a, buy the book. Yep. There's uh yeah, there's a couple options. They can get a downloadable copy for free right away, or they can get a print copy, um, the paperback just like this. And I also uh personalize and I sign a little message and uh send an author signed copy to anyone who's wants the paperback. So all those options are on the webpage that 
will be linked in the show notes, but it's on my website, alti.guru. So, okay. yeah. So, so the wait, the website, just so we don't forget, it's avdi.guru. That's how they find you? A-B-A-D-H-I dot guru, G-U-R-U. Okay. Yes. Make sure we don't forget that. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. So you are on your path and how, so you wanted to create jobs and more employment. How did you get... You know, what you do is so special. Um, it's not just business, because I have been working with Abdi, but she really goes in, like one of the things you said to me, which it's like, every time I remember it is slow down and align. Mm-hmm. And I'm like a maniac, always doing, 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 and I'm busy, 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 don't bother me, don't get in my way, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. Like even when I'm taking a walk, oh yeah, look at nature. You know, it ta- it's taken something for me to do that. And yesterday I had this terrible, it wasn't a terrible day, but it, I was so frustrated because of this stupid bank thing that happened. It was probably my fault, but I was not going to admit it. And I was mad and I was screaming, you know, it caused me a negative balance, which I don't do negative balances, but I did. So anyway, and then when I got to the night, I was like, all of a sudden it was like, uh, like I could finally breathe. And I was like, that's what she's talking about. And it was more, it wasn't the doing, it was being, right? Yes. Yes. And, 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 and a big thing for me, and I think for, for other people is, you know, I was always worried about the numbers, you know, who's watching the show, does anybody yeah. like it, you know, yeah. who's reading my books, yeah. uh, it's stupid, you know, and you, what you said to me was, um, I don't know how you said it, but you got through to me, which was, you know, what if it's not about the numbers, but it's about who you're being. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were talking about the intention of knowing and owning the value you bring. And I think it was what I said was something along the lines of knowing and owning the value you bring is about who you're being, not so much what you're doing or what other people are doing or blah, 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 all that. And so, so I, um, personally experienced this because after I resigned from my corporate job, the first two years, I was this engineer, totally logical, like everything had to be logic and reason and all uh, systems. And, and that's what I was trained to be as an engineer. And that's what um, helped me be successful in the corporate world too. So I was doing entrepreneurship from this totally left-brained way of being and it involved a lot of doing 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 the very masculine approach pushing 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 harder working harder and two years and I was totally exhausted and none of it worked and I was I was lost because it worked well before it worked it got me to a successful good strategy in the corporate world Yes, and it was required and necessary. People even said, if you don't be, if you're not this way, you won't be successful. And so you must do this. 
And so I was lost. I couldn't believe I, you know, no success, all failure. And that's where I learned, okay, there must be a different way because what I'm doing is definitely not working. And then there was this whole new world I found, which you could say right-brained approach, or but not just right-brained or the feminine side, but, mm. and I had to develop that part of me, the spiritual angle, the spirituality side of things, because there was the logic and reason, masculine, and then there's the spiritual, which is the intuition, creativity, being open, trusting the process, going with the flow and surrendering to a greater power, a higher power, if you will, in this at the same time. And so so the next two years after, so I struggled first two years, and then the two years after, I really focused on developing my right-brained intuitive and spiritual side and reconnecting with that from my childhood, what from the guru school, because I yeah. totally lost that in this whole um, time frame. So reconnecting with that part of me, and then bringing a holistic approach. The, so it's not just the left brain or the right brain. It's not just the masculine or the feminine. The true success I noticed came from bringing those together and bringing a holistic approach to in this case, business, but actually life. So that. How did you can reconnect with the right brain being, you know, an engineer? Like how, I know you had the guru school, so maybe it was in there. It was in there, but it was. How did you let it out? Like, I think, you know, it's so valuable. Yeah, I, I went on a spiritual quest. I read I Googled, I started Googling and reading spirituality and books that talked about spirituality, came across videos, listened to those from Indian ancient, like spiritual stuff, all the way to um, the Western, like, you know, Dr. Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra and all those authors. But also the Bhagavad Gita, which is the ancient Indian scripture, Um, lots of, and I have learned Sanskrit, which is the ancient Indian language that like Latin is here in the guru school. So I, I really read and understood a lot of that, which is written in Sanskrit, which normally we wouldn't be able to. You can read Sanskrit? Yeah, I can read, speak, not as fluently, but like I can, yeah, I can comprehend it. I've written essays in Sanskrit. So so that helped me reconnect with that spiritual side. And the last piece is I found out about Psyche, which is a modality that Dr. Bruce Lipton talks about at the end of his book, The Biology of Belief. And I did meditation, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. All, so I, I came across the East. I already knew the Eastern philosophy and the spirituality angle, and I learned the Western angles too. And then connected all of that. And that's how I developed that part of me or reconnected with that part of me. But in the Western US based like culture as well. And that helped me. And then Psyche is uh, the modality that I practiced. And that um, is part of um, 
the full where it came full circle for me in terms of the holistic approach and that's how i help my clients now too is bring that holistic approach that's what i talk about in the book but also in the sessions and my programs and everything my vision is to bring that holistic approach to the world in every way possible the school that's what the school did the, mm. the school did so it all comes full circle that way wow so what so if you could bring that vision to the world how do you see the world being let's say you know five ten years how how you know let's say kids have that kind of educate. I mean, wouldn't that be incredible for the world? That would just be. Yeah. It, you know, my, my brand's vision is, and my vision is to create a world of abundance and fulfillment. Mm. And that's what, that's the kind of world that I see that is um, to me, that's heaven on earth because abundance is everyone has more than enough, like of, whatever they need and everyone's fulfilled within because they're connected to the heart and soul of who they truly are. And they're expressing that in the world. And when they express that, then everyone else is inspired to do the same. And when everyone's expressing their true nature, it creates this heaven on earth. And that is what I envision in the world. through. Wow. Please, you know, reach out to Avdi. She's so special and such a, you know, like who would say there's a guru, but she's a guru. So she went to curriculum. Is that how you say it? Curriculum. Yeah. She really is special. It's not your average coach. It's not your average um, business person, but combining all that, it's, it'll take you to places you can't even, uh, imagine so what would you like to say in closing and i'll live your passion and um your dreams because this life is precious and so that's the message i want to leave with today thank you thank you so much abdi that's been awesome and you're just a gift to all of us so thank you for who you are and what you're bringing to the world thank you hillary you're a gift to the world too and thank you for having me you're welcome Thank you for watching this episode. I started getting real with Hillary when I discovered that I was a people-pleasing, pleasant phony and wanted to be more of my real self. We can grow together. If you will like the show, subscribe to my channel, and share this episode with your friends and family so that we can have a world that's more real.